welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 110. I'm your host tonight and my name is Shorty and I've got a couple of beans on the line of me. So tonight we have Chewy. How's it going mate? Good mate, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. And we've also got Cracker. How's it going Cracker? Very well, thank you buddy. Good to hear. So uh, an interesting day for me today, uh, finding out that one of my children is uh, is COVID positive. So, uh, Chewy, you and I were all set to go camping on the weekend, and uh, that's been put on hold, and I'm going to be stuck at home for at least the next week. So, good news if you like to watch Magic Bean streams, because it's likely I'll be doing a few of those over the next week. So, keep an eye out for that. Can you do a some sort of? Can you play Infect or something? Can you play it? <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> something with masked vandal in it or something, you know. <laughs> That's right. My uh, my son Dylan has been calling my daughter, who's the one that uh, that has COVID. He's been calling her COVID girl <laughs> and the queen of COVID, which goes down really well when, oh, when, you're when, when she's feeling not unwell. Feeling very well. Yeah. yeah. That's... That's actually pretty inventive of Dill. I've got to hand it to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. He, he probably got so. it from someone else. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like COVID. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, oh, yeah, gosh. good time. So, uh, yeah, yeah just, it's just a good reminder for everybody out there that uh, this pandemic is still going on and you do need to take the, uh, the precautions to keep yourself safe from it because uh, even if you are vaccinated, there's still a chance you get it and uh, you never know what's going to happen. So... Look after yourself out there. Just a little uh, PSA for uh, for all the folks that are I, I around the world. I got my booster shot yesterday, and it felt like it feels like someone's giving me a dead arm. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yep. Very good. All right. So uh, a couple of things to talk about tonight. We mentioned on the podcast last week that we were uh, planning on doing a, a bit of a pioneer focus. So that's sort of what we're looking at for uh, the bulk of tonight. So we'll, we'll be getting into that soon. But before we do, Cracker, do you want to tell everyone about our awesome sponsors who are back on board for the Magic Beans tournament series? I'd love to. Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar have running it back for 2022, which is amazing. We're very excited to be paired up with these wonderful people again. Uh, they're a Facebook auction site. So they have nightly auctions of magic cards where you can just throw a bid on and score some really good value. Uh, in addition to the nightly auctions, they also have um, buy it now listings. So if you don't want to sit there staring at your phone at 9pm trying to see if someone's outbid you in the last four minutes, then you know you can just put a bid saying sold and then Pat will send you a message with the details of where you send the money. And when you do, you can get sweet tokens, including some of the envy prizes, the, you know, the not the threat tokens. So go and check them out. Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar and let them know that the bean sent you. Very good. And I even got in on the, uh, the win it now auctions this week. I picked up some soul scar mages, which uh, I saw that might be a card. We, we may get mentioned tonight when we're talking about pioneer, but, I, uh, I checked my collection and I only owned one of them and there was four up and it was pretty cheap. I was like, oh, sweet, I'll, I'll grab some of those. They're uh, definitely a card that I will get some use out of when we uh, we actually play paper in-person magic. So it's very good. And, uh, yeah, I'm not one of those people who enjoys the last-minute mad rushing on 
on the auctions. So I used to hate that I'm on, on eBay. I'm always just doing something with my kids, right? <laughs> like there's just invariably like one thing I want to get my hands yeah. on and then you get distracted for that five minutes. You're like, oh, well, unlucky. Yep, missed that. So, so jump on there it. and snipe cracker, guys. Um, so, uh, yeah. but and then I'm, send me the card, please. Exactly. <laughs> one of the things I do like about the, well, there are many things, but one of the things I like the most about the Win It Now auctions is just how well priced they are. It's not like they're overs and you can, you know, you can pay overs to just secure it straight away. They're, they're CK one to one. Uh, so they're cheaper, you know, with conversion rate than you would get elsewhere. So they are bargains and there are big lots that go up every night. And it's, uh, it's, it's pretty fun to race in at, you know, seven o'clock or whenever they get posted and, and pick something up. Yeah, that's the only problem with those is it's the inverse. You don't have to wait for them to close. You have to wait for them to open so yeah, you can get them fast because they, they go like in less than an, like half an hour or something a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah, so. yeah. Talking to Chris this week, he said he's been picking up a bunch of stuff on there. And, and you know mm-hmm. when Chris is buying things that it's good prices because he's all about that hashtag MTG finance. And, so uh, forget yeah. sniping cracker, just get in before Chris. <laughs> think think about should, how, how good you'll feel. We should set a rule that if – like especially with the uh, the auctions, if one of the beans bids on it and somebody else in our community wins it, you have to send that card to the beans. It's just just flat out rule. So then we can just go in and put a dollar on every single card, <laughs> and then when people win it, wow. they, just, they, they just have to send them to us. That's that's how it goes, isn't it? I like the idea of that on the weekend auctions with the pre-roll. <laughs> yes. yeah, 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 correct. <laughs> I, I would like a set of original jewels. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, underground C for a dollar. Yes. <laughs> Uh, very good. All right, so let's get into the the main thing we wanted to talk about, and uh, that is Pioneer. But before we get into that, we're actually going to discuss uh, the format that's just slightly older than than Pioneer, and that is Modern. So I mentioned it on the podcast last week. I'd been hearing uh, from a few different podcasts. There'd been all of a sudden, you know, we went from last year people saying Pioneer's dead, nobody's playing the format, to all of a sudden this year everyone saying, "Hey, Pioneer is awesome." And uh, the reason they were all getting pushed back onto Pioneer is because of modern. So from what other people are saying and and from uh, the impressions that I've seen from the amount of modern that we've been uh, playing over the last month effectively, modern has become what I would call a rotating format, uh, a format like standard where new sets come out and it shakes up the format and, and everything gets changed and then sets drop off and then it's a whole new brand brand new format all that sort of thing so what we what we've seen over the past like three years three and a half years is a modern horizon set comes out and everything changes so we saw that with modern horizons one we had like hogak and urza and, and uh what's the artifact uh, arkham's astrolabe uh, just completely mm-hmm. warp not just modern, but legacy and vintage as well, um, causing a bunch of bannings through both those formats. And then, what, halfway through last year, we we got Modern Horizons 2, and uh, all of a sudden, completely different format. Every single deck changed. We spoke about it on the podcast last week that the decks that we used to play three years ago, Death Shadow, Living End, that sort of stuff, are now completely different decks. And the thing that we're finding is that the majority of those decks require... Modern Horizons 1, Modern Horizons 2 cards, and mostly as four of. So it's it's very much changing up the format every time we get one of these sets, and it looks like we're going to be getting these sets every two years. So effectively, Modern becomes a, a rotating format. Every two years, there's going to be a set that comes in that completely changes the format and shakes things up and forces people to buy a bunch of brand new expensive cards. So 
looking at uh, MTG Goldfish, just sort of looking at the the modern metagame, most decks, most of the the top tier, um, sort of the decks that you'd consider tier one, are well over a thousand dollars. You know, you, you've always got your outliers. You know, decks decks like Burn are always going to be pretty cheap. That's uh, you know, decks like that generally play quite a lot of commons and uncommons, but almost all of the top decks are well over a thousand US. So you're looking at you know fifteen hundred to two grand Australian for for some of these decks for a modern deck. And and really, it wasn't that long ago that that's how much legacy decks were. So that's what sort of spurred this this conversation for me. What like before we dive into modern further, what's your thoughts on that, Chewy? A few thoughts in that how 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 uncompetitive are existing decks with the introduction of of these new cards. So if I've got you know a Valakit deck, you know with with Amulet Titans and Through the Breach, and I, I want to just Valakit people out, or the um, the Amulet Titan deck is that deck completely obsolete by the introduction of these new cards and are people playing them just because they're new and shiny or have they actually killed other archetypes so i I wonder how much of it is just you know hype and new and i've been playing this same deck for two years i there's this new shiny toy and i want to play with that and things get left on the shelf how much of that is impacting what we're seeing? I don't know the answer to that. I, you know, yeah. I don't have the numbers, but you know, you could still. I, I imagine those decks are still good. Yeah, like there's there's still definitely decks that are still mostly the same. Like like as an example, Amulet Titan or Mono Green Tron or Eldrazi Tron. Those sorts of decks, they all picked up like four of Urza Saga, <laughs> which is nearly 200 bucks US for, for four of those. So there's there's a nice big expense that you're putting into into all of those decks. Um, and there's always, you know, modern is, we've spoken about before, modern is in an enormous format. So there are a million tier three decks that you can play that are still exactly the same. But Yeah, yeah. But like the, I, I the guess- set's been out for, yeah, like eight or nine months now. Like that's not just... Yeah, you understand within the first couple of months, people are going, oh, sweet, we're going to play with the new cards. But after eight or nine months with a, po- a format that's as popular as modern, if the old decks were s- still super competitive with the new decks, you would still see them in, in all the, you know, meta Yeah, that's a valid point. And, and, and I was just posing a question. It wasn't, yeah, I wasn't, wasn't yep. taking a position on it. Uh, and I guess the second point is uh, rotation is good. For, you know, modern's very big and you've got a lot of variety, but... You know, if you played modern every week for two years, you would start, particularly if you played locally, you would have a very set metagame and then you're at the risk of the format, the meta, your experience becoming stale. Introducing these cards and this pseudo rotation that we're referring to does allow for a refresh, a shakeup, as you said, of the format. And that, that in itself, if it's just, that is the result, then that is a positive thing. But if the positive thing costs you a grand each time, then that's 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 a con. That's that's you know, if the shakeup's in the pro column, the the cost is definitely in the con column. Uh, so I very very much understand that, and I guess those two those two points that I'm making, if they if your deck that you've spent two grand on now with Modern Horizons 2 that's come out and you, you know, you bought Urza Sagas and Ragavans, right? Plus whatever else. 
when Modern Horizons 3 come out, is there going to be cards that completely obsolete those decks? Yeah, and, and that's that's the concern. That, that is the concern, right? Yeah, and yeah. I, I would be worried about it if that occurred. And I don't know the answer to that, and we have to wait to see. Then, then I see it as a negative. But at the moment, my position is kind of wait and see. If you want to buy into Modern at the moment, yes, it's going to be expensive. Cost has always been a barrier to entry. For modern and that you know fetch lands and jewel lands and you know other expensive cards have always existed in the format but that is creeping up like that curve is definitely trending up uh, there's no absolutely no doubt about that uh, and the higher that goes the less people will have access to the format so that's a concern and i would ho- hope that you know perhaps the next modern horizon set doesn't completely changed the format and they're experimenting with it right so modern horizons one broke modern hogak right like it just it ruined the format <laughs> no, it was, for a lot it was of people. great wasn't it cracker you you loved I mean, it i had a good time <laughs> yeah just, just gacking people um yeah. i got a turn two gack goldfishing mum muldrotha commander deck during a commander uh, <laughs> uh, during a meeting today which was pretty fun um nice yeah, it's like, why well, are you nodding, Matt? Yeah, you, you, no, I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, but the, what I'm, the, but they're iterating on it. They're learning. So this set didn't break the format, but it warped the format to the point that you had to play these cards or you were behind. Perhaps when Modern Horizons 3 comes out, they hopefully, Wizards, I hope you're listening, take that on board and introduce some new cards and support existing archetypes rather than, you know, putting people into specific lanes where you you have to be in these or you're wrong because it ruins the diversity of modern, which is one of the biggest draw cards, and it heightens that barrier to entry, which puts people off the format. So whilst Modern Horizons 2 is has been a much better experience for the player base than 1, it's still not right and that they still need to work on it. And hopefully Modern Horizons 3 is a step closer to where we need to be, and I don't know how many it's going to take to get it right and how many players they lose over that time versus how many they gain. But yeah, so I'm, I'm concerned. I share your concerns. I, I'm not saying that modern's dead, but I, I can definitely see where people are coming from as far as it being too difficult to play, no consumer confidence in their investment being uh, worthwhile in two years' time. Yeah, and I mean, rent. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Not not too many tangents. Uh, yeah, like uh, modern used to be you could buy your deck and you could have it for five years. Like Cracker, you had Living End for how many years and it, it pretty much stayed the same the whole time and now it's a, yeah. a completely yeah. different so, deck. <laughs> I, so for me, I, I agree in part with what Chewie's saying. I think there's a, there's a couple of thing, different things. So I think if you look at, the two sets combined, yes, like MH1 had the like actual broken combo cards which, which needed banning. But if you look at the cards that have had a bigger, longer-lasting impact, I think Modern Horizons 2's have probably got more in terms of all of the um, evoke creatures. Yeah, the, the elementals. And and then you've got, you know, you've got um, Prismatic Ending and you've got- Ragavan. Ragavan and you've got um, the Urza Saga. And like, I think that the list goes on. So, I- I don't think you'll find that if you looked at the list of decks that are here now, you've got, you know, Azorius Control, Mill, Tron, Jund, Burn, Blue Red Counter Burn, effectively in like Merktide Regent, Death Shadow, right? Like 
aggressive. Like Hammer Time is a little bit of an outlier, but all of these decks would have existed five years ago. It's just that every time there's a Modern Horizon set that gets released, there are cards that you suddenly like, okay, I'm playing a blue deck. I need to get four Force of Negation, right? They're like $200 gone. Uh, my deck plays any sort of cheap artifacts. Well, now I have to have Urza's Sagas. And so, my deck plays white. I need Solitudes. There's another $300. Red, it's Ragavan. And so, it's pushing it's pushing the same- well, the, the mana value, sorry, down <laughs> in, in modern. And the other thing is Companions as well. Companions is very much broken <laughs> modern. Like, if you look at either like the Kahira because you can just play it free or there- I mean, there are so many Lurus decks. Yeah, Lurus is not, not that I'm mad about Lurus, but, you know. So, and I don't that, know- That speaks well, to my point, Cracker, about it hurting the diversity, uh, which no, was one no, of no, the no, biggest- What I'm saying is the diversity cards. is exactly the same. Yeah. Right. That that the archetypes still exist in their in their core format. And so like there there was a bunch of stuff I saw a while ago on, on Twitter about like Boomerjund versus Zoomerjund, right? And Boomerjund playing like Lilianas and Tarmogoyfs and people laughing at that because now you've got like Dragon Rage Channeler and like all these other things that just are better. So I guess the thing that I think is good about modern is that you can go, All right, I'm gonna buy a fetch shock mana base because it will always be good. And they are very, very unlikely to print anything better than that. I think everyone would agree with that, yes. right? We're not going to get original jewels. And <laughs> I don't, then- I don't think so. <laughs> no, we're just not. And, you know, so, like, there's some confidence that you can do that. But, yeah, the, the risk is that in e- every two years, you will have to dump between another two to $400 on top of your investment already- into getting these new cards if you want to be at the very tippy top. Now, you don't have to, right? Yeah. Like, you can look at decks like- I was playing some Dredge, surprisingly, <laughs> with Chris <laughs> at, you know, over Christmas. And I was like, I don't think this card- this has had anything new put in it since, like, Creeping Chill. Yeah. Right? So, like, you know, there's, there's stuff like that where modern used to be a deck- uh, a format impacted- maybe you'd get one or two cards- a set through standard as well. Yeah, like you, I remember get when, like, when get Fatal, Fatal push. push came in yeah. and we were just like, I can't remember a card that was so immediately like it, ubiquitous in any deck that played black in modern. It was just like, this is just like one of the best black removal spells ever kind of thing. So that w- feels like the overall power level of all magic has just gone up by so much. It's like every set has multiple cards that just fit straight into a modern somewhere. And then, yeah, you've got, yeah, the horizons. Yeah. Do, do you think that is by design? Like, Absolutely. There's, yes. there's definitely- and, and I don't think that Modern Horizons 3 will be lower power. No. Because why would they want it to? No, yeah. no. I, I guess my point was the- When I think of Modern Horizons 1, I think of Hogak, right? And, I'm, and yep. like, apart from, like, maybe, like, Crashing Footfalls and a couple of other cards, it was- That's the card you think of when you, when you think of that set. Where- So- Modern Horizons 2 was a flatter power level. It was probably yeah, overall definitely. more powerful, but yep. the power wasn't contained in just one or two cards. Agreed. Yeah, so definitely. That, that's my point about the, uh, the, the power creep of it. Yeah, but the, just going back the, to the, the point problem you made is about if you the do, If you do a, fl- a flat power thing like that, you're then printing 20 cards that are you have to play these cards. So rather than just, oh, Hogak's the, the best card in, in MH1, all the value goes into that card. Well, now the value goes across a whole bunch of cards that have to go across a whole bunch yeah, of cards. Yeah, but if the whole then, set then it is gets powerful, more expensive. Yeah, if, yeah, but you, I, does that equate, because, uh, sorry, I've got a couple of points I need to make. So <laughs> if, if that is the case, are we going to see more product opened? 
by by your average Joe because they're going to get uh, you know the commons and uncommons that are going to go into their deck. It's not just about the mythics. It's not just about opening res and ragavans, right? It's it's a you know you can open that you know fatal push equivalent at uncommon, so it's worth buying a box for your average Joe. So will that drive the price down because more product is open? Maybe, maybe not. I don't, I don't know. Um, is there a, uh, and are they spawning whole new archetypes or is it archetype? Are they printing cards that support existing archetypes and you just need, you know, to add these cards into your deck rather than, and your deck still exists and functions. So you, you have to spend 200 bucks to buy a, a four of a $50 card rather than, at two thousand bucks to buy a whole new deck, so that's the that's the balance that I think they they need to strike for modern to be long term viable. Um, so I, I don't know the answer to that either. Like I'm I'm asking more questions than I'm providing answers. I, I need to do another that, prediction video. I do, I do. Check out our <laughs> YouTube channel if you uh, haven't seen that. Um, the other, I just want to pick up on a point that Cracker made about the mana base, right? Which the mana base in modern is very expensive, but it is worthwhile uh, investing in it because that's kind of never going away. But all of that being said, that makes that's a legacy argument, right? The most expensive uh, part of legacy is, is buying the fetches and the jewels. And, you know, you'll always be able to play a legacy deck if you've invested in those. So if we're using the same justification for modern that we are legacy, that is a bit of a red flag for me for the longevity of the format. And if you look at the lack of support that legacies had from wizards and you know at all like you've got the core group of people that love legacy and when we've played legacy it's hella fun but i talk about barriers to entry for modern you know it's a lot it's a the fence is way higher it's not a barrier it's a palisade uh for legacy (laughs) right so uh and if modern's moving in that direction if we're using the same you know same descriptors it's kind of i guess the the one it's just a, it's the same with, thing it's just more money you can, for legacy it, it, c- yeah. kind of yeah i mean you you actually get reprints though like we have seen in recent times you know both fetch and shockland reprints so yeah the there is means for wizards if they wanted to to bring the overall cost of modern down now i'm not saying that that's a thing that they're interested in or is in their best interests that's just not feasible with legacy right because of the reserve list and, you know, whatever people's feelings are about that, um, you, you're not going to be able to get another, you know, tabernacle of Pendrelvale, right? Like, they just don't print that anymore. So, if you want that land for your lands deck, then you need to pay whatever they are, 1500 two grand for a single land to put in your deck. So, I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, the argument is, well, your mana base is always the same. It's like, well, kind of, but at least, the you know, you can get a set where they- do secret layers and they're they're printing you know secret layer fetch lands right yeah and you could just go spend the money and you go all right well i'm like it's a lot but i can use them in commander i can use them in modern i can use them in in you know kind of whatever i want so yeah so like we and we saw the enemy fetches were printed in mh2 and so scolding tarn which was like a hundred bucks each are now like 30 to 40 each currently which is good but that's what they should be honestly polluted deltas that used to be like twenty bucks, they're now fifty each, and this this is US prices again. So because they weren't reprinted, which means most likely the next Modern Horizons set we get the Allied fetch lands. So then those prices come down, but then the Scalding Tarns go back up to a hundred bucks because it's four years between prints for those. So 
it, yeah, they, yes, they have the ability to reprint stuff, but those lands are still always going to be expensive. But once you've got them, you've got them and they're always going to be usable in modern, which is definitely a plus. So let's move off of modern and into Pioneer and what sort of spurred all of this is that Pioneer has basically become, like not, not including standard because a lot of people are saying standard's effectively dead with Wizards sort of supporting, <laughs> uh, well, it's effectively dead in paper um, with Wizards supporting alchemy. Uh, which which I sort of agree with. Like, I, I don't see any large I think it's been standard. dead for a long time before yeah. Alchemy came out. Mate. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably true. That's why um, they brought out Alchemy, right? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, Pioneer effectively becomes the only format in Magic where sets are not printed directly for that. So... Modern has MH2, which goes into Legacy. Um, Legacy gets commander sets, gets all the supplemental, you know, jump starts and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, Standard obviously gets new sets, but Standard is a small format. And so Pioneer only gets the sets from Standard. So before we dig right into Pioneer. Pauper Masters. Let's have Pauper Masters. Yeah, Pauper Masters. That's, just, that's exactly what we need. And the packs are like 50 cents each because they're all commons. But no, they'll make them rares and mythics, but they're oh. legal in Pauper. <laughs> guarantee no, that, you that's, that's Rares and mythics that have previously been printed at common. Yes, yes. And the, and the packs are 15 bucks each. Yep. All right. So before we get into it, Cracker, do you want to give everybody a reminder on what Pioneer actually is? Yeah, absolutely. So Pioneer is all standard releases from Return to Ravnica and forward. So every, like Shorty said, every new set that gets printed into standard goes directly into Pioneer. So it's it's starting in Return to Ravnica, which was, you know, a lot of people's kind of heyday. Everyone, two, everyone 2012 that, that came out. Mm-hmm. And so then from there on, you've got just everything that came in it. So it started with, and we did talk about this briefly last week, I believe, it started with a band list off the rip. So they just went, we're not going to have fetch lands at all because, as Shorty mentioned, they were printed in the, the Dragons of Tarkir block. And so they just straight out banned like Bloodstained Mire and, you know, Wooded Foothills and Windswept Heath and Polluted Delta. And the, uh, the, and the then- purpose for that seemed to be a combination cost. of, uh, yeah, reducing costs, keeping the format cheap, uh, reducing how shuffling. easy it is to build mana bases when you've got yeah. fetch, fetch shock formats and reducing shuffling for paper events. So It also gives the format its own identity yes. as well. It, it yep, makes it so. less similar to modern, yeah. Uh, and so then from there, it was very heavily curated for a while where they were banning and unbanning things. And, you know, it was kind of a, I think for memory, it was actually like a weekly change, right? It was just like Mondays were like pioneer band days. And, you know, events were firing all the time and people were playing it a lot. And it's very much settled down since then. And so now there's a there's a ban list. I, look, I won't run through all of it. There are the cards that you think will be on there, like Oko and Nexus of Fate and, you know, Teferi Time Raveler. So there's there's a few things on there that Uro, for example, that <laughs> that have been busted in multiple formats. Uh, and, and they turned out when you expand the card pool, they don't get less busted. They get more busted. So they have banned those. So there's a list which, you know, you can find pretty easily. But um, apart from that, like Shorty said, it, everyone, and I've been saying this for, for quite a while now, is like people are saying, look, Pioneer is actually the best format. Um, Andrew Beckstrom, I've heard talk about a bunch of times where he's just like, Pioneer is actually the best. It's just that no one's playing it, but you can kind of do anything you want. And it felt like, you know, I would extend it or early modern or whatever you want to call it. it, it yeah, where it you feels like early modern. Yeah. Yeah. 
So high power level, you can do some wacky combo stuff, which we'll get into. But if you want to play, you know, you're more, I think you get every archetype very clearly defined in this card pool, which is pretty awesome. So a, a little bit of history. I, I think a lot of people may have got put off of this format by the now banned uh, Inverter of Truth combo. And yes. I, I think when people tried this format out initially, like they, they went ham on bands, but they left this in and they, you know, the classic use of aggregate numbers rather than, you know, talking to the community uh, where the, uh, the inverter combo was only had about a 50% win rate, but it turns out when 70% of the format is the same deck, it has a 50% win rate because it's playing against itself a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, un- understanding context of numbers is very important, Wizards. It's not that hard. Um, but uh, so a lot of people got put off, absolutely. And then the format also came out pretty much on the eve of the pandemic, and it's a paper yeah. only for – it's on Magic Online, but obviously small player base on Magic Online. Uh, and the, even now the leagues are quite small and you hear about people like – jumping into leagues with their friends and just farming tickets and things like that. So the format never really got a chance uh, to, to really shine in paper. It had a little, it had, had a toxic deck and um, some people that took advantage of it and it gave the format a bit of a bad name, but it, it's had a resurgence. People have, you know, looked at it again and found that there's actually some pretty sweet things you can do. So if you've been put off, in the past, and this is coming from me, who I've never been uh, someone excited. You've never about played Pioneer. a game of it, have you? I have not played a single game of Pioneer. Uh, we ran it for our bushfire fundraiser event, and you guys all played, and that had a great time. I just wandered around with a camera, um, and you know, we watched you know skips in his overalls, uh, crush a bunch of people <laughs> in the top. I lost tables. to him in round one. <laughs> yeah, he was playing Inverter. He, he was playing Inverter. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we, we saw mono blue decks, mono black decks, mono green devotion decks. We saw blue red, but we saw lots of different decks just then. And, you know, people have been exploring the format and new stuff's come out since then, obviously. So the format seems healthy. Yeah. Which is, yep. my, it's piquing my interest. Let's just say that. So guys, sell me on it. Make, <laughs> make me want to play Pioneer. Yeah. So I think like the, the key to Pioneer and what, is really sort of drawing it to people is that as we mentioned before it's it's not getting any of those supplemental products so you don't have that same issue that you get in modern where here's a set that is direct straight into pioneer trying trying to force the format to change which means you've just got standard sets coming in that aren't super powerful that have a little bit of impact on the format without having too much impact and so it just slowly grows over time and and that's what you want from a a non-rotating format you want that slow growth over time when a few cards come in each set and make a little bit of difference without making too much of a splash so the benefit that it has over standard like standard is currently six sets i think yeah five or six sets and it it goes up to eight pioneer currently has 38 sets which is a it was way more when I actually counted it up. I was like, "Whoa! I did not realize there was that many sets." But yeah, thir- thirty-eight sets currently in Pioneer, so it's it's a huge card pool. And one of the things that was sort of a big draw card for Pioneer to start with was w- the set that it's starting from, Return to Ravnica, sort of onwards. That's around the time that Magic had quite a big boom in its player base, and then there's a lot of people that have continued playing from there. And and I know for me, when Pioneer first came out, I was looking at it going. Well, I own like 
so many cards for this format. Like I've I've got literally them all sorted into folders, into playsets, sitting in my little understair storage room for this format. So it, it suited me perfectly. So big format, not crazy powerful, good, decent ban list. And then the other big draw card to it is we're talking about modern being, you know, all the almost all of the top decks being over a thousand US. Almost all of the top decks in Pioneer are under four hundred bucks which is very cheap, which again, once you've got your shock lands and the fast lands and things like that, that's that's the majority of the cost for a lot of your decks is you know, the, the shock lands and, and fast lands. So again, once you've got those, then your decks are actually very cheap. And then the cards that are coming into your format are just the cards that have been have gone through standard, which we know is not super popular at the moment. So the cards are cheap. So the thing that... Uh, like selling point for you, Chewy, is this is one of the very few formats where cards like Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time are legal and Mm. are not (laughs) crazy powered and broken and busted. How many formats can you say that is is the case in? I know you like casting both of those cards, so is that enough to tempt you right off the bat? Uh, I'm interested. Uh, Are they in the same deck? (laughs) Well, they can go. Just yeah, to just can do anything you want, mate. They're both blue. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the fact that you don't have fetch land obviously powers them down a lot. Yeah. Which is why they're not broken. Yeah, that's but fair. They, they tend not to be in the same deck from what I've seen. And we yeah. don't have dredge cards either, do we? You can have- no. uh, there, there is a dredge deck, but is it, it's not it's not actual dredge. It's the deck that I played at the uh, the bushfire event, which was- Oh, it's Christ a, amalgams and Yeah, it's, it's dredgeless yep. dredge. Like you, you are milling yourself with a, a whole bunch of different things, but you, you're not actually using the, the dredge mechanic. So, But yeah, the, with, with such a big format, the meta is actually like super diverse and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll go through some of the decks, but I'm just going to rattle off a list. Like these are all like- uh, very playable decks maybe not like they're not all tier one but definitely tier one tier two sort of thing can absolutely play them very competitive so just a, just a list of, you know phoenix so like is it phoenix we've got there's a judge sacrifice deck there's a uh jeskai ascendancy combo i played a jeskai ascendancy combo in modern and most of that deck is is here in uh in pioneer which is pretty cool Lotus Field combo. There used to be a uh, Underworld Breach Lotus Field combo deck, but Underworld Breach got banned, and, and now there's a new deck which uh, looks like a bit of fun. There's a, uh, an Auras deck like Black White Auras, Humans. We got stacks of Humans, the Spirits, uh, and Angels Collect the Company Angels deck. There's Book of Exalted Deeds, which is currently in standard uh, combo deck in in modern because you uh, sorry in Pioneer because you do have Mutavolt, Faceless Haven. Well, why, why bother with Faceless Haven when you've got Mutavolt in in Pioneer? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lot cheaper. Uh, yeah, there's the Dredgeless Dredge. There's Burn decks. There's like Mono Red Aggressive, but also sort of straight Burn. Uh, there's a Vampires list that's just starting to become uh, really big with the current sets that have come through Standard. Niv Mizzet, uh, a Niv Bring to Light deck. Winota is uh, is still kicking without being too powerful in Pioneer. And then there's a whole bunch of Blue White, Jeskai, Blue Black, like control decks of, of various persuasions. So that's... To me, that's what modern was like when we first started playing modern. Like all of these decks are competitive, and you can pick one up and play it, and it's going to last you for ages. So that that's what's drawing me to the format, and, and that was what initially drew me to the format. So is it is that piquing your interest now, Chewy? Uh, it is, it is. And you know, looking at uh, you know a bit of googling around and looking at lists, uh, you know there are there are some that 
are exciting. There's some really cool control decks and there's some really quirky decks as well. Like there's a tower defense, um, uh, death and taxes style, uh, deck. So, uh, tower defense is the, uh, creatures you control, uh, get plus five plus O, but they basically, yeah, plus, assault plus formation. O plus five. Yep. Yeah, plus O plus five, sorry. It's, a, it's what but I with, played in the, Do- in the Doran deck in, in modern. In modern. Yeah, and yep. you day two to, uh, a GP with it. Um, yep. it's a, uh, yeah, and then just the, the synergy or the combo in making, you know, your You're bashing people with, with your big butts. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's built around a, um, you know, you've got some, uh, you know, uh, to cuddle honor guards and, uh, idle honor rhetoric. So you've got some annoying creatures that also happen to have big butts. So you're playing this Nick's, like. Nick's fleece ram gains you a life every turn and it's an 05. Dude. <laughs> so, that so thing good. was <laughs> so good in a, when it was in standard as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, decks. so that deck, that seems great. And like to buy this in paper, like it's like a hundred bucks, right? Yeah. And you know, it, that's, you know, that if that's a deck that's viable in the format, then, you know, it, it does feel like magic used to feel like. So, uh, I, I like that. And yeah, just like you said, it, it feels like modern, you know, six or seven years ago. And, and that's when modern was at its best. So, yeah. you know, I, I'm definitely interested. When we first started playing modern, uh, cause none of us were sort of really playing when modern was first created, we'd all sort of taken a bit of a break and then, we all came back and started playing a bit more. I was like, "Oh, what's this modern format? Oh, this sounds sounds interesting." Uh, decks were were like that. You know, you could spend three to five hundred bucks and get a really good tier one deck. And yeah, there were like your Juns that were over a thousand bucks, but most decks were like maybe capped out at like six hundred bucks. So th- yeah, it seems like that's where Pioneer is at now, except it's it's even a bit cheaper. So it's good. All right, so we're gonna get into some of the decks we'll have a bit of a we've picked a few decks that we want to have a bit of a chat about just to give you a bit of an idea so cracker you're going to start us off with a uh a deck that's near and dear to my heart but is a, mm-hmm. a, a bit of might take a little bit of explaining sure so, uh, give, that's give us right. a run through this one uh so this one is as shorty mentioned before this one's called ascendancy combo so the namesake card is called jeskai ascendancy and that is Blue, red, and white for enchantment. And it says, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Untap those creatures. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you may draw a card. If you do, discard a card. So, the way that this deck works is by resolving a Jeskai Ascendancy. And then in its simplest form, you cast a Sylvan Awakening, which is a three-mana sorcery that says... Until your next turn, all lands you control become 2-2 elemental creatures with reach, indestructible, and haste. They're still lands. So, the idea being you basically have just stacks of cantrips. You've got considers, opts, expressive iteration, treasure crews. Can you guys see why I like this deck? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The namesake of the card says draw a card. I mean, it's it's all I want to do. I want to cast cantrips, draw cards. And so, what you're doing at the time is you- you basically tap out with, like, Sylvan Carrier Titter's early ramp. The one that I saw, um, Dominic Harvey just won a, a PTQ with this uh, particular list, and he's playing Fey Burrow Elders, which are, is a creature. It's a 
colorless green and white for a trifect druid with vigilance and it gets plus one plus one for each color among permanents you control and then you can tap it for each color permanence you control add one mana of that color so if you've got this on the battlefield and ascendancy you tap it and it makes four mana so yep. it it gets out of hand and then you you cast a you know a spell with you know a single blue mana it untaps it becomes a five five you tap it again you know, you're just you're generating. You basically there's can a lot actually, of floating mana in this. You in can this deck. very conceivably and quite consistently draw your whole deck, and then what you're doing is attacking people with just giant hasty lands. Is is the actual win condition? So there there used to be other ways of doing it, but that's that's kind of it. That's what you're looking to do is just resolve an iteration. Oh, sorry, not an, yeah. Well, resolve iterations as well, but resolve a uh, ascendancy. And if you get two in the battlefield, it just goes off. Like it's <laughs> it's if, so if, much if, mana and so many it, triggers and so it much card draw. It's, it's nuts. hilarious, right? Like yep. you just if someone sits down and resolves two Jeskai ascendancies in front of you, just scoop. <laughs> you just they, they've won. It's done. So yep. it's it it's a really fun deck for me. You know, it's it's got some early interaction, in portable hole and some things, and it's just trying to do something kind of ridiculous. And it's not super fast. Like, we, we talk, obviously, a lot about modern, and modern was always touted as being the turn four format, right? Like, that was kind of the the ideal turn to win on. And that's kind of come down a bit and, and gone up a bit and, and whatever it is now. But for this particular combo, in quotes, you need six mana, right? Or, you know, you need your ascendancy on one turn, and then you need, you know, three or four mana on your next turn. So, it's not- like a two card, it's, you know, it's not a two card combo. You need a lot of resources. And so it's about timing when it goes off. I was actually watching that he was breaking down Dominic uh, and Jarvis. You were, were sort of talking through his matches and they were, they were talking about the different points and there's a, just a lot of lines to it. And, you know, working out like what to play around, you know, does my opponent have disdainful stroke? Do they have, you know, mystical dispute? Do, do I need to play around this or, you know, can I take another set of attacks or am I dead? And, and like, when can I go off? And so like that whole balancing act for me is really interesting because it's not just a, like inverter where you just go, oh, I cast inverter of truth. I cast Thassa's Oracle GG's, <laughs> you know, like that, that was literally that, that deck, right? Like it just, it was very easy to do that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah this, this it's a very cool deck. seems like a lot of fun. And most importantly, it's playing a companion <laughs> because <laughs> because it does. And it was funny because they were talking about the, the way that you use their companion. It's playing Gigantha. Uh, mostly it's just as another discard for when you're going off. You're just drawing cards and you go, oh, you never cast the 5-5. Five five. But if, if you do, you know, you can tap it for mana as well because it taps and adds all colors and it can't be you spent to pay any generic mana costs. But you've got very few generic mana symbols in this, you know, deck. So- yeah, I, I had the modern version of this built for quite a while and, and yeah. mostly just goldfished against myself. And then even when I was playing against other people, I was still pretty much just goldfishing. And uh, yeah, sometimes it's like, okay, I've, I've, I'm have i doing nothing for the t- first like three or four turns. And then it's just like, oh, and now I'm just going to win. I'm just going to cast so many spells. And, and the modern version was a little bit different. You, you could win in a few different ways that, that didn't rely on combat. And, and you had like glittering wish to go and get things out of your sideboard as well and, and that sort of stuff. So it was, yeah, definitely a fun deck to try and figure out. It's like, okay, I've got one card in hand and I can like go for it. And if I hit another spell and especially like expressive iteration, it would be huge for this, this deck. 
Yeah, and consider as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you can just, just dig so deep and just draw so many cards and, yeah. Awesome deck, very very cool, very fun, and like, like I said, not you know effectively you're winning. Uh, like you could probably win on turn four, I imagine, but most commonly it's going to be like turn five, maybe turn six. So yep, it's um that's fine. Like that's that's really good. That's that's what you want to see. So yeah, very cool. I, I think there's like a theoretical turn three win, but you kind of have to just have you know the absolute nuts to do that. Yep, yep, very cool. All right, Chewy, you've picked a uh, so that was what four colors that deck. It uh, is four colors, yeah. So it's yeah, it's Jeskai predominantly, but then yep. you know Sylvan Awakening is green, so yeah, it's four colors. Sylvan Carriage is green as well. So yeah, got- that's true. Yep, yep. There's a bunch. Yep, Chewy, you've picked a deck with many, many colors. Uh, yeah, four colors. Those are rookie numbers. Yeah. You, you're gonna have to get those numbers up. All right. So <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, so I had a look around and I, I found a deck that plays my favorite character uh, from. From Magic's history in Old Mate Niv Mizzet. And uh, this is Niv Mizzet Reborn. So this is the Niv to Light deck. So there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of gold cards in this uh, list, understandably, uh, but there's a lot of them that I've played in various decks and uh, I know to be great. And this deck looks really, really great. This is one of the the control decks that Shorty was uh, referring to, but this is like this value snowbally over the top. So uh, for those... I think it's called mid-range, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's probably mid-range. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you, so, might, you might have to read a few of these cards. Yeah. Gonna so you're going to have to tell old. people what Bring to Light is. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'll start with the, the creature. The, the, so it's called Niv to Light, right? So we'll start with Niv. First and foremost, Niv Mizzet equals one for those familiar with the OG flavor text. <laughs> uh, when Niv Mizzet, so it's a uh, Wooberg for a 6-6 flyer. When Niv enters the battlefield, reveal the top 10 cards of your library uh, for each color pair. Choose a card that's exactly those colors from amongst them. So you can get a red-white card, a green-white card, a, a blue-red card, etc., etc. Uh, put the chosen cards in your hand, the rest in the bottom of your library uh, in a random order. So this is five mana, six-six flyer, draw three. Usually at to, least two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, two to five cards, right? Uh, pretty good. Uh, another way to get Niv Mizzet. Uh, is the other namesake, which is Bring to Light, which is uh, three and blue-green, three and Simic for a sorcery. Search your library for a creature, instant or sorcery card with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of colors spent to cast this spell. Exile that card, shuffle your library, you may cast that card without paying its mana cost. So it's a cast trigger, which is really important. So... There are a lot of one of fun ofs in this deck, which makes it very, very cool. And uh, you can go and get Niv Mizzet, or you can go and get uh, Omnath, Locust of Creation. You can go and get a removal spell in uh, Mortify or Vanishing Verse uh, or Dreadbore, depending, Abrupt Decay, depending on what you need. A Sweeper in Deafening Clarion, if, if that's what the situation calls for. And then the rest of the deck is just kind of value. So Sylvan Carrioted, uh, as a four of, just because it, uh, it's the best Birds of Paradise in the format. And just everything is a good gold card, essentially. So you've got growth spirals, you've got expressive iterations. Uh, one of my, uh, one of my favorite cards from the, uh, from a recent set to draft, uh, in the blue red spells archetype 
in Limited has found a home here in Wandering Mind. Wandering Mind. So one blue red, two one flyer. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, look at the top six cards of your library, uh, reveal a non-creature non-land, uh, put it into your hand, put the rest in, on the bottom in a random order. So it's like a flying brain thing that uh, goes and finds you uh, either the fancier removal spell that you're looking for, the bring to light, or the uh, the sweeper that you need. And yeah, this deck's just sheer value. Uh, it, the mana base seems fine. I'm sure you'll have games where, you know, you didn't draw a color, but four Fable Passage with one of uh, each basic, uh, a whole bunch of triomes, uh, a mana confluence in there for, for good luck, and yeah, a bunch of jewel lands as well. So this just seems like a grindy value deck that's just got this inevitability that's just going to draw more cards and cast way, mana, way more 6-6 six, six flyers than you can handle. And just get the job done. So I'm attracted to this type of deck. It just feels like uh, it feels like a commander deck. That snowbally commander deck. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I I kind of want to build it as a Urian deck just to have more tools to play with and more more gold cards <laughs> in a way, you know, just to to do the thing. So yeah, I I, I think this deck looks awesome, uh, and I I think this is one of those decks that bubbles to the top of the metagame with some regularity and then sort of fades away as things uh, change and then it gets the new tool that makes it, you know, adapt to the environment. So I, I think it's great. Uh, and it also, even though everything is multiple colours, uh, there's no double colours. So you just get to play a free Gigantha as well, which also lets you cast your Niv-Mizzet, uh, yeah. which is also great. Sylvan Carrier did does a pretty good job of fixing your mana as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But Gigantha's good redundancy for the cost yeah. of the sideboard card. And your yeah, cards exactly. are so powerful. And because of the bring to light, you can play the one-of sideboard cards in your deck. So you've yep. got plenty of space for that. So uh, it works well. I believe you can bring to light Valky and cast the Tibalt side. Is that that works, doesn't it? So if, even if you just cast yeah, bring do. to light it, for, for yes. three blue-greens. Because so you the, exile so the, the card and then you can yep. play and it then without you choose, Then you cast it. Yeah, yep. so you can just yep. go Valky people out as well. So yes, yep, yeah, that's pretty cool. I believe um, Gabe Nassif is a, a massive fan of this deck and, and has played quite a lot of it and been tinkering with it for ages. So Gabe Nassif started playing this deck two years ago and he's almost finished his first match. <laughs> 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 uh, so true. <laughs> uh, but this is a very Nassif deck, absolutely. Just a yep. lot of decisions, a lot of utility. And yeah, you, uh, you get to play the, you get to feel smart when you play this deck. Sometimes you just go, uh, gonna cast my dragon on turn four, uh, where other times you, you know, have that line that is five turns in the making and you'll eventually overpower your opponent in, in that time, which is pretty sweet. So yep. I like it. Sometimes you cast Niv Mizzet and you get to put 10 cards in your hand. That's pretty nice. Uh, yep. That would be pretty good. Uh, it's a good way I don't know to if you can graveyard. actually. Don't know if you can actually. Do, I don't think there's ten cards I, with I the color pairs. You, can. <laughs> you can get quite a few though. There's, there's yeah, quite quite a lot of uh, color pairs. Five mana, six six, access. draw two or three cards. That's still oh, yeah, a good magic it's, it's card, right? Fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What about you, yep. Shorty? What's uh, what jumps out at you? What if we were going to a uh, a pioneer tournament tomorrow? What do you, what would you sleeve up? Uh, so there's there's a deck that 100% I would sleeve up, but I, I can't go past like or can't move on without mentioning that the mono red deck that is 
a, a very, very solid burn deck in, in Pioneer. Um, it's not the deck that I would sleeve up right now. There, there is one that takes my heart even even more than Mono Red, but uh, I know uh, Dark Flame Ash is a, is a mad keen Mono Red player as well as our own Blaster Boy, and uh, would be remiss of me not to mention that you can play a really good Mono Red deck, so go and look that up. But the deck that I would play... The shouldn't also should be no surprise to anybody is the old bin chickens, the uh, the is it phoenix deck uh, because we've got most of the deck from uh, the uh, like the original version that we played in modern when when that sort of first when arc like phoenix was first printed uh, except for faithless looting which obviously isn't isn't in modern because it's banned uh, we do have it in. Historic, though, which is good fun, but you do get what we're missing in Historic is Old Mate Thing in the Ice. So if you don't know what we're talking about, Arclight Phoenix, what we uh, we love to call the Bin Chickens. Uh, most people would know this card, but it's a 3 and a red for a 3-2 flyer with haste, and at the beginning of combat on your turn, if you've cast three or more instant and sorceries, this turn you get to return it from your graveyard to the battlefield. So it is a bird. Well, it's not actually a bird. It's a phoenix, but it looks like a bird. Coming out of your graveyard, which is your bin, so it is a bin chicken. Love that card, and probably that'd be right up there now, I think, these days with one of my favorite cards, but I think like my, my all-time favorite card is Electrolyze. I think my second favorite card is this next one, Thing in the Ice, which is one and a blue for an 0-4 defender. Doesn't get much better than that, people. Let, let me tell you, one for 0-4 defenders for two minutes. What a stat line. Everyone loves them. <laughs> Uh, but it is a, uh, yeah, it's a horror, and it has Thing in the Ice enters the battlefield with four ice counters on it, and then whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, uh, remove an ice counter from it. Then if it has no ice counters on it, transform it. And on the other side, it is a 7-8, and it says when it transforms into the Awoken Horror, return all non-horror creatures to their owner's hand. So you cast a bunch of spells, you flip over your Awoken Horror, which bounces everyone's creatures back to their hands. Then you go to combat and you bring all your phoenixes back from your graveyard and you smash them for a lot very, very quickly. So good fun. And the thing that I love with Thing in the Ice is the art. Like the art is just amazing. You've got a a little boat just towing this giant iceberg with this creature in it. And then all of a sudden the creature's escaped and the boat is smashed. And I believe that that creature is the Holebreaker Horror from, sure is. Uh, yeah, so a li- little bit of synergy there. The, uh, it's the breaking the hull of the ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's and it's bouncing things. Yep, yep. All so the things. Pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, you're basically just playing a whole bunch of spells. So you've got the the eight creatures, four thing in the eyes, four Arclight Phoenix, and then a whole bunch of spells, considers, fiery impulses, which is you know, sort of burn spells, flame blessed bolt in current standard uh, burn spell, lightning axes, burn spell that you get to discard your phoenixes to. Opt, Charter Course, we've got Expressive Iteration again. This list playing a one-off Galvanic Iteration just for fun, and, and I'll probably get to the reason why it's got that in a second. Four Pieces of the Puzzle, which is a card from Shadows Over Innistrad, which is uh, it fits quite nicely. Two and a blue for a sorcery. Reveal the top five cards of your library. Put up to two instant and or sorcery cards from among them into your hand, and the rest into your graveyard. So dig five deep, take two spells, put as many phoenixes as you possibly can into the graveyard. Seems good. Uh, a couple of treasure cruisers. You don't want to have too many treasure cruisers because you, you don't want to be delving away your, your phoenixes. But, uh, yeah, definitely a card that you want to be playing because you fill your graveyard quite quickly. And then this card, which I'd completely forgotten about until you mentioned it this week, Cracker, Temporal mm. Trespass. This is a card from Fate Reforged. Eight mana, 
8 blue 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 so 11 mana value and Bargain. it has take an extra turn after this one. Oh, we've never seen those cards be a problem. Uh, and, of, and of course, at least this one's got the good text, exile it after you've cast it. But it has delve. So quite often in a deck like this, you've just got bulk cards sitting in your graveyard and you can just fire this off for blue, blue, blue and take an extra turn. And if you happen to have some extra mana and, and a galvanic iteration in your hand, well, let's just copy that and do it all again. So And then it's just time stretched. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's good to take two extra turns. <laughs> yeah, so this is tried and true. We've seen this deck. It, it's done well in in modern. It's done well in pioneer. Done well in it was, it was okay when it was in standard. Doing well in historic. So yeah, one one of my all time favorite decks, and absolutely love uh, love playing this deck. And it's quite good in the in the pioneer format without being too broken. So love it. Yeah, heaps of fun. We're getting pretty long on time, so we probably won't mention go into detail on any other decks unless you guys want to give just some quick mentions we, we do have a couple other decks on your list so cracker what was the other one that you were sort of keen on uh i was just looking through for you know like i was going to say more budget it's not actually more budget but it's it's more straightforward it's just mono black vampires so you've got all the really good vampires from the last few sets including um some older cards like calatas the trader of get which is particularly good against bin chickens and things like that because uh yeah i don't like get exiled yeah you hate it yeah <laughs> So, yeah, you can, you know, it's playing some Sorens and just like a really good uh, tribal aggressive beatdown deck with, you know, Thought Seize and Go Blank to just disrupt. So, if that's kind of more your speed, then there's definitely some good options there. It doesn't have to be weird multicolor combo decks. Yep. And Chewy, you had one. I think you've yeah. played you played this deck in Modern, maybe? Uh, I, know, I know I've I know I've played it in Pioneer, but uh, did you did you play it in mo- or Standard when it was in Standard? Yeah, in Standard, I, yeah. I played this, and it's is it Scissors? Uh, so yes, I, I think yes, I've even is. played versions of um, Modern Affinity that played a couple of copies of the Scissors, just as uh, cranial planning redundancy. But uh, the Scissors, uh, for those who don't know, is Insole Artifact. So it's one and a blue for an enchantment aura, enchant artifact. Enchanted Artifact is a creature with base power and toughness 5-5 five, five in addition to its other types. So you can put that on something like a Darksteel Citadel and have an indestructible 5-5, five, five, or you can put it on an Ornithopter uh, so it, it flies, or a Ginger Brute so it can uh, be essentially unblockable, and that ends games pretty well. But what I like about this deck is it's so cheap. It's it's like 50 bucks, and you've got a, a competitive deck. So if you are interested in playing the Pioneer format and, and you want to get into it and try it out without breaking the bank, you know, you may have a bunch of these cards lying around. You know, it plays four shock uh, and, you know, you shivered reefs uh, and things like that. So you, you may have these cards. White-boarded ones. Got to play white-boarded ones. ones. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, Ornithopter, Bermat Courier, Ginger Brute, Hope of Gear Report, 14 one-drops. What, what more can you want um, to then put your... Uh, your two mana enchantment into play on on turn two. So, uh, yeah, it's a a cool deck that and actually has a bunch of decision points despite being a low to the ground aggressive deck. So, if you're looking to get into the format, uh, that is where I would start personally. Yep. So yeah, very very cool format. As we went through before, there is tons of very very competitive tier one one point five two decks. 
that really aren't that expensive. And then there is stacks and stacks and stacks of, of budget options that are, yeah, like 50 bucks or, or, you know, under a hundred bucks sort of thing. And you've probably, if you've played standard at all in the last five or six years, you've probably already got most of the cards for it. So I'm pretty hyped on Pioneer at the moment. I would love to be able to uh, be playing it. And the thing that I'm, I'm like really happy with it, uh, about is I can build a bunch of these decks and know that they can sit in my cupboard for the next year and they're still going to be mostly the same deck and I'm not going to have to spend a bunch of money on it. So uh, I think I might be putting some Pioneer decks together in the near future and then maybe the next time the beans all get together, uh, we will play some Pioneer. What do you reckon? Sounds good, man. I love the idea of like just having effectively dual decks where you can just go, I've got like four or five different Pioneer decks. Let's just like literally randomly grab one and, you know, sit down and battle them and just like, Lots of different options, yeah. But it's, I, it's always heaps of fun. I, I guess that that's the the kicker. Like we've talked about the format, all very positive, and you know it's had a bit of a shady past, as I spoke about. But its current challenge is opportunities to play it. Yeah, and it is on Magic Online uh, for those that are happy to invest in in that client. But for the rest of us, uh, it's it's a little bit inaccessible, given you know there's not a lot of in store play. Uh, happening presently but uh, it's definitely something that yeah i'd be interested to try i think you know what we've talked about tonight is sold me on you know looking forward to sleeving up a bunch of multicolored cards or or some uh dark steel citadels and uh and jamming some games at some point so i'm willing to try it cool well uh we did catch up this week the uh four of the the beans caught up this week to sort of discuss the year ahead, and uh, we, we won't give any big announcements yet, but we've got some plans in the works, so potentially we, you may be seeing some uh, some paper magic on camera at some point this year. So just a little teaser there. Keep an eye out for that. All right, let's move off of Pioneer, and speaking of teasers... I was going to say, don't we have a big announcement to make now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, already, we announced it last week, but... Oh, okay. uh, the 2022 Magic Beans Tournament Series, uh, someone, uh, me, spent a bit of time this week making a very nice little teaser video. So we will be posting that either tonight or tomorrow. Keep an eye out for that. Very proud of it. Looks really cool. Uh, really happy with it. But just building some hype for our tournament series for this year. So as we said last week, kicks off on the 5th of Feb uh, with our first one-day historic event. And then, uh, yeah, we'll be kicking off a league for Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. Yes, got that That's right. That is the one. Once that set releases. So stay tuned for details on that. But yeah, 5th of Feb, kicking off the Magic Beans Tournament Series for 2022 with a sweet teaser video or hype video. So uh, yeah, make sure you, once you see that released, go and uh, give it a watch on YouTube, get those numbers right up and make sure you share it. Uh, everywhere you possibly can, Facebook, and uh, share it on, or give it a give it a like on YouTube. Hit subscribe while you're there. Ring the <laughs> bell, the bell. All, all that sort of stuff. The things I tell my kids oh. to say. <laughs> and uh, yeah, share it on all your social media and all that sort of stuff. Because uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with this video, and I think it's the sort of thing that people will watch and go, "Oh, I want to get in on that." So very uh, very very happy with how it turned out. Yeah, I I you should be proud of it, dude. It looks really good. Yeah, yeah it's cool. very well fun, done. Fun to make. So I think that's going to do us for tonight. We are over our normal time that we uh, we go for. I think well, da- we've already mentioned Dark Flame Ash, but Dark Flame Ash will be happy because we did go over an hour, and apparently that's how long it takes them to 
walk to work at the moment. So there we go. Full, full walk to work is covered. Well done. Uh, but yeah, get in on our historic event in two weeks' time. Check out that video. And then, uh, yeah, come and join us in our Discord for all the, the fun things we're going to do this year. And stay tuned for, uh, for some announcements around those. All right, uh, that's going to do it. We'll wrap up as we usually do. So if you want to show the beans some support, we do have a merch store uh, that we're, we're looking at uh, changing up pretty soon. So keep an eye out for that. But you can still buy stuff at the moment. There's all the T-shirts and hoodies and uh, giant mouse pads and cups and all that sort of thing. So go and check those out. The link is in the show notes. Go and uh, join the Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar auction group because they are the ones that give us the most support. And uh, by you buying things on their auctions and letting them know that the beans sent to you, uh, they will continue their support for us. So go and check them out, jpmtgbazaar.com.au. We are on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter, all of those places. Just search for Magic Beans or Magic Beans Cast, and you'll be able to find us on there. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. And Cracker? At Joel Hill underscore. Very good. So that's it for this week. Thank you as always for listening. Stay safe out there and we will see you all next time.